Hello and welcome to A to the K's Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Carl. And in this podcast, we'll be giving our take on all things wrestling. Here we are with the first of uh, hopefully many um, podcasts going forward. Um, seems like the perfect time to start setting one up. I know we've talked about it for a while, Carl, but um, obviously we're now heading on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, boy. Now we're a couple of weeks past now, but obviously the best way to start is to to start with the Rumble. Uh, so I figured uh, first thing we could do is just sort of go through our thoughts on, on each match. Uh, some of them, obviously, there'll be a lot less to say than others. Um, and then, potentially, what we can see in terms of, of angles going forward. I know some things have, have been uh, brought up and changed in the in the last couple of Smackdowns and Raws, but uh, certainly uh, some suggestion of certain angles going forward for WrestleMania. Especially the cat um, angles. They're always my favourite angles. <laughs> he is one of the best angles, to be fair. <laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously, I wanted to start. I wanted to cover everything as much as we could. Um, although, I think it's fair to say I, I certainly missed the um, the first of the pre-show matches being Sheamus and Shorty G, as he's now known. Um, <sighs> now I know you had the, when I that. turned up. I know you had the match on. Oh, you had the uh, the pre-show one. Did you actually catch much of the of the Sheamus Shorty G match? Or? Um, so I did actually see that one. Um, yeah, it it went pretty much as you would expect. Um, I literally have no idea what to do with that guy. <laughs> it's like it's, it's one of them. I mean, it's nice to see Seamus back. Um, he's obviously got, by all accounts, quite a limited uh, time span now. Um, you know, it, I, I believe he had a similar or has a similar uh, issue that uh, to that as uh, Edge was at the spinal stenosis. Um, hmm. He diagnosed him with, so um, it, you know it's nice to see him wrestling and, and getting as much as he can out of his career. Um, so you know I can always appreciate any match that he's back in, uh, but it is a shame to see um, uh, a star cast. I can't really live with the name Shorty G to be honest, but it's not. <laughs> it's just a shame what they're doing. Like you say, I don't know where they're going with that angle or why they've decided to just embarrass him on TV as much as they are. Um, he's a decent wrestler from what. I mean, uh, the first time, he, first time I saw Gable. Him? Yeah, I mean, I I first saw Gable. I think um, in NXT. Um, I remember when he came up, like that that dude can go. Like I remember the first time I saw him, I thought like he is almost very similar to Kurt Angle, and like he's strong as well. Like one one of his moves that he does. Um, I don't know if you remember it. Um, I don't even think he does it anymore because he gets zero offense in. Um, but it was like that that German suplex, like, from the ground, like, where he lifts him up and, like, throws him over, but, like, picks him up off the floor and, like, does it. So, like, I've always been very impressed by him, but just to kind of see see where he's where he's gone now, it's just, yeah, it's, it's bad. That's the thing. I mean, a benchmark for me, because, um, as you know, I've never never really followed NXT, largely due to the fact that it was, it's not been televised until recent years. Um so whenever someone new comes along, I have to sort of learn of them from from what I see. Uh, got you know, like the likes of SmackDown and Raw. But Chad Gable was always one of those names that that I'd heard of 
Do you know what I mean? So he was obviously getting a good head of steam in NXT, like a lot of wrestlers have. Um, and then just for whatever reason, they hit the main roster. And it's clearly a totally different uh, setup or writing team or, or something. But they hit the main roster and then all the momentum they had is just totally taken away. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of reminds me of of Taz almost really in terms of stature. You know, he's he's not the biggest fella. You, there's a definite size difference between him and Sheamus. But that being said, he can't like you say he can wrestle. He is a beast, really. But I just I'm not sure where they're going with him at all. And I feel like he's probably yet another wrestler to just sort of flounder in the mid card now. Yeah, I mean they kind of ruined Jason Jordan as well at the same time because effectively they brought him and Jordan up together. Um, almost as like a world's greatest tag team ripoff with Benjamin and Haas, you know, from the old days. Um, oh yeah. Obviously, you've seen what's happened to to both of those guys now. So you know, the weird Kurt Angle adopted son thing with Jason Jordan, and then Purple Power Kurt Ranger Angle. Shorty G. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's the thing, and it's that sort of. I don't know how they can get it so right sometimes and so wrong because. You know, they go from from building up things really well. Like, uh, I know you're not a bigger, big, too big a fan at the minute, um, and it is something something that's sort of dying off a little bit. But the, all you know, the the build up with the fiend and the way they've booked him has been fantastic. But then you have still that same old shtick of, well, you know, let's have Baron Corbin, you know, mock Chad Gable for being little, and you think, well, how can the how can they be so different? It just it doesn't make any sense. I mean, whoever's whoever's writing for for those sort of angles where it's like, oh, let's let's mock him for being short, let's make him eat dog food or whatever, they need sacking. They need honest to god. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, it's very hit and miss, isn't it? They kind of go, you know, um, they go one direction with some cool stuff, and then they go a completely different direction, which is like really old school, bad, bad writing. <laughs> I mean, by all accounts, it, it probably has a direct influence on how much control the, the wrestler themselves can have because by all accounts, and I cited The Fiend as a good example, uh, by all accounts, Bray Wyatt has had a lot of control, probably not as much as he wants, but a lot of control over his over his writing and how he's putting his character across. So maybe it's it's a bit more of that. I mean, certainly CM Punk back in the day, he he, he didn't need people writing for him. He, he, he done his own work. He shot his own work uh, for the most anyway. Um, so it might be a direct influence on that. People who need the the writing team more probably suffer more from it as well. Yeah, I think it, it's probably he's, he's probably one of those where I know some wrestlers get given a gimmick and it's kind of like sink or swim. And you know, some people like the New Day is a prime example. Like when they got that gimmick, you know, to be these kind of priest choir, you know, people, but as good guys. And then you know they knew straight away that wasn't going to work. And then you think what they've turned it into now, like. You know, people can kind of take take lemon, uh, take a lemon and make lemonade. And some people, unfortunately, yeah, um, no, it's a fair point because that that is um, when you look at the vignettes before they debuted, that was exactly how they were putting it across. Um, even the even the theme song, as much as I enjoy the theme song for the new day, it has that vibe to it, doesn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. and like you say, they've they've been able to turn that angle into something that's much more fun for them and and that the audience really got behind. So, I, I take your point that it. it it sort of depends what they can do with it as well. Yeah. Um, I know certainly uh, John Moxley, as he's known as now, he, he cited a few few times where he was sort of 
given the angle and having to to try and like you say make make lemonade as it were. Um, so it definitely happens. But uh, I'm, and again, I don't know enough about uh, Chad Gable's sort of history with NXT. I don't know if he was uh, where his mic skills were or whether he can he can sort of you know really pull that that sort of thing or whether he does rely heavily on on the writing team and that's where he's sort of stuck with now but that being said when they're coming out and saying yeah the you know Corbin and, and his crew are going to mock you for being little it's you know what can you do with that really yeah just a shame hopefully you can turn it around but you know it's not looking good for the guy as for the uh, as for the match itself it was pretty much as you'd expect you know being treated as a little guy against a big monster got some uh, Got some offense in, um, but ultimately the big bully won and like demolished him. And then it hasn't seemed to, you know, stop yeah. since. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and again, it it is good to see Sheamus back. I mean, he's he's another one really who he he started out with the uh, with all the promise in the world, title shots. Uh, I think Triple H was a particularly big fan of him, um, and obviously he's he's been a bit injury ridden, but. Uh, even before that, I mean, he he did make the best of it with the the tag team angle with Cesaro, the bar. I actually really enjoyed them as a tag team. Yeah, me um, too. It's a shame they've not gone back to that because they've kept Cesaro with um, Shinsuke, by all mm. accounts. But um, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably past the the prime of his career now, really. But it, it is nice to see him sort of active on the roster again, really. Yeah, definitely. I think I think when he came back, it's you know, at the end of the day, he's never going to be over the face it's just it's just not that guy so you know one way or the other he's going to come back and be same old Seamus the guy that you just love to hate so uh, you know he's doing that job well yeah and typically he's not American so uh, they're always going to try and put him in an angle where where he's not American so we we automatically don't like him oh yeah of course um, which obviously considering how global WWE tries to be I mean obviously we're, we, we've been fans from uh, well since certainly you you've been a fan a lot longer than I have. I've been watching it since I was about eleven. So um, you know they've they've always had that that sort of global audience with us um, with the UK fans. I know they're trying to push into Saudi now, but they always seem to fall right back onto that you know patriotism thing. And if you're not American, you're the bad guy. You know um, it's interesting that they're still doing that. Really, yeah. I mean, I've I think my earliest kind of memory of it was probably 1992. Um, obviously, I've you know I've gone back and watched all the. You know the slightly older stuff as well, and it's been going on for for so long. Like Hulk Hogan, American hero against you know um, Russian dudes, and you know they they even had Sergeant Slaughter um, turn on America and face him. Do you know what I mean? It was just like any way to get the whole American angle over. You know they would. So it's definitely tried and true. And it is interesting. I don't know if it's a time thing or the fact that I never watched it sort of back then. But um, it seemed to work better with the likes of Hogan, you know, the the, the real American, uh, and and the Sergeant Slaughter angles and that sort of thing. But when you catch like, because um, I sort of came into into WWF uh, as as I suppose a big fan, um, sort of mid Attitude Era towards the end of the Attitude Era, um, and that was when you were starting to get like the like the un-Americans and and that sort of thing. And it's like you could just see it weren't working then. And that was we're talking well, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, so we're over a decade later, and it's still, it's they're still trying to push that as an as an angle you can use. I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether we're dumb um, talking about the first match, but in terms of the second match, which was for the US title, I feel like 
that that that's another prime example of it. Every time, like it's so the same old shtick when it comes to that. I mean, first of all, I know we spoke about it. Like we didn't even know who had the belt at this point because it's so forgotten. But you know, it's 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 a Mexican guy again, a Mexican heel. You know, it's just like the yeah. the American title, and then every time a heel holds it, it can't be like an American heel. It's like you know, it has to be fucking Andrade, and before that, it's like the likes of Del Rio or you know, even Sheamus, as you've said, like holding it. It's just it's just yeah. crazy. It's um and it is it's a it's a good it's a good point to sort of segue into the next match. Um like as it happens, I, I, I quite like Andrade uh, as a as a wrestler, uh, as a heel even. But um I think it it, it sort of epitomized the sort of state of the US title at the moment as well. Like mm. uh, when we were watching the rumble, uh, obviously I missed the most of the pre-show. I didn't realise the the Andrade match was actually uh, for the title. And I think we were actually debating between us whether the US title was still a thing. That's how infrequent we've seen it these days. I thought AJ still had it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that's the thing. Like that, That's the last, genuinely the last time I remember it was when AJ had it. And then you see him with the OC and you're like, well, he's not, he's not got a belt, which doesn't necessarily mean he's not got the title because certainly when Roman had the US title, he didn't respect it enough to walk out with it every time. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, really. Where without sort of taking away too far from talking about the match itself, it's interesting what they're doing or the respect they have for the titles these days. Because I feel almost like the um, the IC titles sort of heading in a similar direction. Like I get that it couldn't have a match at the Rumble. Um, it's quite a stacked card now with having obviously the women's Rumble and the men's Rumble, but uh, it just got sort of overlooked. Uh, I'm confident Shinsuke walked out at least wearing the belts, but you know, it, the the mid-card titles aren't even really a thought now. I, I am still so and very it, hurt by that IC title redesign. I think because I've I've always seen the IC title as like my favourite belt because all my favourite guys like that was their title, like Perfect and Brett, you know, like even like Jericho, like you know uh, the, those those guys coming up, like that that was like the the workers' belt, you know what I mean? Like the guys who are going to put on the best, yeah. the best match. That it was is, their it's belt. It's almost that 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 recognition, really, isn't it? That yeah. you, you know you you head in that direction, you know, and it, like you say, it's the workers' belt. Um, and I, certainly from a design point of view, I've always preferred the classic design. Same with the with the WWE title or the world title or the whatever they want to call it. Um, <laughs> Given it's it's is it still technically the undisputed title if they still merge the two? It's the universal title is a thing in its own right now, but no um, even so, you know, I I always preferred the original, uh, dare say, original WWE title, uh, the the eagle. Oh yeah, you know the 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 one from the nineties. That that that's it looks like a like a good title. Do you know what I mean? Um, and obviously we went through that phase in I think it was well, around. 2008-9 when John Cena was massive and every belt he, he touched turned into a spinning belt <laughs> and yeah. we had to slowly phase that out so the US title had a turn at that and obviously the WWE title stayed like that for a long time but um, and I don't really mind the WWE title as it is now there's just nothing to it it's just a big WWE logo yeah I think I mean I think it makes sense having you know for them because obviously they're just trying to promote the brand like um, the, the Super Bowl obviously just happened recently and um, you know they, they gift the winning team a giant you know belt that's got like the massive WWE logo and they put the side plates on it's a big marketing opportunity and stuff so that that makes sense it doesn't offend me too much um, I don't really mind yeah. like the, the design of the main titles as such but like 
the IC title, like they, they haven't even done that with the IC title. They've just tried to make it, you know, modern. And to be honest, in in, in in whatever they've attempted, because I dare you know, I dare say they have actually attempted to do something a little bit different. You know, it does. They've tried to put some effort into the design. It's not just another WWE logo or a slightly smaller one or a blue one or, you know, it is trying to be a bit different. But at the same time, it stands out so much less than the IC title did. The IC title stood out. You know, it had the uh, I don't know about how you thought about the strap, but it had the white strap. It, you know, it had that classic look to it. It was a good title. Yeah, it's a shame. It is. And that's just uh, yeah, to show how irrelevant now. the US title is because we've just started speaking about the <laughs> the IC title. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Well, at least the IC title is still, you know, I don't know. It it feels still like a little bit more of a big deal. Uh, it's heading the same direction. I don't think. I don't know what the problem is with WWE because they've got enough shows. I think I moaned about this the other day. Like, you know, there's over seven hours worth of TV. I think in total now we've got three hours worth of Raw, a couple of hours worth of SmackDown, a couple of hours worth of NXT every week. Um, but every brand's got its own set of belts, and I don't know if it's maybe an overkill. So you don't, you know, if the, if I'm not saying drop the US title or whatever, but if you had, you know, the the mid card title or just you know, just the WWE title being defended on both shows, it'd allow more time for the other belts. And I think time is a thing because you can't really build anything up. I think I think that's the main to problem. To the point that they're not getting recognition in pay-per-views now. Yeah, they, like, they've got all these titles. They've got like the biggest roster they've ever had. They've got the most TV time they've ever had. And they still can't write a compelling story for for anyone for these for the other titles. And it's like, there isn't. it doesn't even seem like there is, you know, like a tier to it anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, oh, well... Pfft. You know, Shinsuke, because they've got so many like guys who could be main eventers. It's like, you know, I, I used to like the olden days where it was like, you know, the eventual up and comers will have the European, and then, you know, the, the guys who are almost ready would have like the IC, and then obviously you'd have your, your main stars and you'd try and have a bit of, you know, it's like a tier to it. Whereas now it's just like, oh, pff, I don't know, we'll give the IC to Braun, I guess, or oh, give it to give it to Shinsuke, and oh shit, we forgot to write something for the US title. Let's just give it to a Mexican. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They they like it when when an American has got the US title. They like that. Oh, they love it. Yeah. But um, but it's like that. Like Braun, uh, I, I don't want to de- deviate too far from the Rumble, but like Braun suddenly taking the title, it's like okay, he's a he's a monster of a man. He, it, it's going to be difficult to realistically write someone taking that off him now. Yeah, um, and it might be worth him having a good run with it, but you know, for someone who was, you know, on. Just on the cusp of, of the main event scene of, of the you know the big WWE title scene or the universal title scene, you know I don't know what he what he did why why he's not the favorite anymore. But mm. um, for someone who went from there, you know even though even though he's now won a title and this is the first time he's won a title, feels like a bit of a downgrade for him as well, given what he was originally heading for. You know. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, so mm. in terms of the the US, like you know the match itself was. It was fine. It was. It wasn't a standout or anything. But I wonder whether they knew at, at this point, because um, obviously on Andrade. How do you, how do you even say that guy's name? Andrade. Andrade. I say Andrade. I don't know if that's okay. actually right. Um, we'll I go, think it is. We'll go with Andrade. But he's um, he's been suspended now, isn't he, for a for a wellness violation? Yeah. And so. <laughs> they're, they're not going to bother doing anything with the title. They're just going to say, "Well, you know, he'll he'll keep hold of that while he's out." Well, exactly. So, like, I, yeah. I don't know whether they knew on the rumble that this was the case, but you know what I mean. And then, you know, 
he was kind and of. That's why it never sort of got any steam. Yeah, and then they just kind of wrote wrote him out um, via a knee injury, and then obviously the classic having you know Humberto against his cousin. I think is that is that what they're doing now? And obviously, uh, Rey so. Mysterio's got to get involved because he's also Mexican. He... <laughs> I don't know when. Um, I don't know when the the they knew they were going to suspend Andrade. I hope it wasn't before the Rumble because you think they'd give the win to Humberto. Um, it doesn't make any sense that they give Andrade the win knowing he was going to be out. I know it's about 30 days or whatever they give, but even so, we've seen the damage that, that a title not being seen can do. I mean, look at the WWE title. People really get quite annoyed, quite pissed off with Brock having a title and then disappearing for most of the year. Mm. You know, it's it's not a good way of doing it. It doesn't display your your, your biggest title, and it, it certainly won't help the US title, which which genuinely we forgot about. That's probably why they they're not even going to give it to anyone else. They'll probably just be because it's so forgettable. People will probably just be like, "Oh, there's Andrade. I haven't seen him for a while." You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But uh, again, there's unfortunately for me, there's not a lot I can say on that match. It was um, I, I caught that I think the the sort of latter half of it, um, and. In all fairness, you know, they're, they're, both, they're both decent in the ring. It wasn't a bad match to watch. There was nothing particularly memorable there, uh, certainly for me. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's not, not a lot I can complain about other than the, the, the fact that the US title just seems to be... Uh, for I think, again, potentially too many time, too many turnovers of a title can, can affect that as well. But it certainly it needs a bit of damage control now, I think. Yeah, I, I think they just need to do something with it. So yeah, definitely. hopefully they do. Let's um again if we move on to the to the next match of the night, uh, Roman versus King Corbin. Uh, so do, do you know? <laughs> do you know the one thing that stands out to me about this match, which isn't even to do with the match, is those shitty ass three D yeah. graphics. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's because um, you know, Roman's in particular looks particularly bad. But like. I think Roman has two, you know, because he's special, whereas everyone else just has the one. But I think Roman's one of Roman's graphics is a 3D Roman shouting at the sky. <laughs> it's like, are you shitting me? And then, you know, he yeah. has that. Then you look at him punching his little pillow as he does on his way in. And then... Yeah, I, I still can't believe that. <laughs> like, I, you told me that, that they have a special pillow for him. I, I still can't get over that. That's... He might be the big dog, yeah, but he wants to protect his little knuckles. Um, so he does that, and then towards the end, he then go to like this weird 3D visual of a. I think it's meant to be a dog because he's the big dog, and it's just the goofiest shit yeah, you've seen in your life. It's just like, yeah, it's, it says a lot about the you know this match when the thing that stood out to me the most was how bad the 3D graphics were. They just need to. Go. I'm uh, to be honest, given whoever works in the design team, given the fact that they went well, they call him the big dog, so we'll make a graphic of a big dog. <laughs> I, I genuinely am upset that Dean Ambrose isn't there anymore because I wanted to see what they would have done with a lunatic fringe. <laughs> Some visions of like a little uh, animated fringe just going around, just uh, like stabbing people and shit. That's the thing. I just I don't know how they could have animated it, but I would have loved to have seen an attempt at it. Um, I mean, it's one of my pet peeves. I, I actually don't mind Roman. Um, he's Obviously, he's not the best wrestler in the world. He's he's he falls into that category of Cena, where he has his his sort of typical signposted moves, which isn't you know it's not the worst thing in the world. Hulk Hogan certainly survived on that for decades, but um, you know he's not he's no sort of AJ Styles in the ring. 
but I don't mind him, you know. And um, as a character, he's it's more the fact that, and so many people have been over this, so I'm not going to harp on too much, but it's more the fact that it is so forced on you. Like, oh, yeah. this is going to be our guy, and you're going to love him. And it's like, you know, typically it becomes a bit polarizing. You know, you can see if you look on comments of, of the WWE's Instagram and the like, you know, some people love him and some people hate him. But the people who are hating him, they're not, I don't think they're specifically hating him, they're hating the fact that it's like, stop telling us what to like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just think, for me, he's just stale. Like, do you know how people were saying for years, like, wanting Cena to turn heel or, like, to change up his character or something and they just never did anything with it for yeah. the match? It's like... That, that's where Roman is for me now. It's like, yeah, he, he was quite cool, I guess, like when he first came on the scene and then was part of the Shield and then when he broke out, broke away, it was quite cool. But then it's just the same shtick. And it's, it's a shame yeah. because I actually think they acknowledged it. I think they were heading towards a heel angle with him before, obviously, everything with the leukemia. Yeah. And I get that it's hard to bring him back after all that and everyone's so made up that he's he's, he's pulled through it. It's hard to bring him back and make him a heel now, but and I think enough times passed that they can turn him. Yeah. And um, again, I'm trying to trying to make sure we only talk about the rumble so far, but we know now as well that they're not done with this angle. So we know he's not going to turn heel anytime soon. In fact, he's going to keep battling the same three people. Yeah. Uh, because we're not done with Corbin, as it turns out, or um, Dolph, or the other guy who's hanging around with them. <laughs> that guy. Who's the other one? Um, uh, glorious guy, Bobby. Bobby Rude. Oh, Bobby. Yeah, oh, that's a real shame. I like Bobby, and um, he's actually the forgettable one in that little trio. Yeah, but I think well for me, he is anyway. I think they must be doing it. Um, obviously to pair someone up with with Corbin, who is just like he he doesn't get like heel heat. He gets like I think there's things a term like from back in the day called like. X-Pac heat. <laughs> so basically, mm. people aren't booing him because you know, he's playing a bad guy. People are booing him just because he's shit and people don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head because there's people, when you see a heel done well, and I'll cite two examples certainly from people who stick in my mind from my childhood, are uh, Christian, when he turned on edge, mm. was a fantastic heel. I forgot about that moment. To be fair, is that with the the was that with the Trish Stratus thing as well, or was that? I don't think I'm I'm not sure actually. I think I might be only ten on Jericho. (laughs) So, yeah, no, no, it's fine. When it's when um, when he he proper went for it, he he changed his music. Um, you know, at last you're on your own, that sort of thing. Yeah, and um, and it it was played so well, and he was one of them people who he's turned heel, but you love to hate him. Mm. You're not like. You don't roll your eyes when he comes out because of, we're going to put up with this for another. He, you know, Corbin's become this. He's the fast forward guy now, isn't he? You know, whenever I'm watching SmackDown and they cut to the Corbin bit, especially because it's the same story. Like, I thought we were done with it. I thought when the Rumble's done, at least that angle's over. You know, the match wasn't that bad. It was nice to see a bit of variety. You know, they, they, out in the crowd, they were doing something a bit different than your standard match. And then it's like, okay, he's won. Brilliant. That that was the that's the result you expect. The good guy won, and we're done. It's over. You know we've had the big match, and for some reason SmackDown comes along, and and yeah, you know dog food. Why not? Well, I honestly again, don't know. I, 
to hop back to the WWE writer room, they must have been like, oh, what can we do? What can we come up with? Well, Roman's the dog. Maybe we get a big bowl of dog food. And everyone's just like, yeah, we solved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. But yeah. like the thing with Corbin as well is like, um, I know he didn't really watch that much NXT, but like obviously in NXT, his like whole shtick was like he's the lone wolf, and again he was boring as shit, like be over or anything. But obviously he's he's over with like management, so everyone was really getting behind him. And then obviously he had to shave his hair because he had a stupid haircut, and then he had no gimmick again. So obviously <laughs> they made him with the King of the Ring, and of course that means a King gimmick because they always work out so well. So yeah, I don't oh, of know. course, like... no, it worked for. I mean, we all remember how famously it worked for Mabel. <laughs> yeah, Big Daddy <laughs> V. How how many gimmicks did that guy have? Fucking, he started started off as Mabel, and then obviously he got King of the Ring. You King Mabel, and then he became Viscera, and then he was. Um, was he? Was he with da- the, am I right in saying he was with the Brood when he was Viscera? Yeah. And then he came yeah. back as like fucking sexy Viscera, didn't he? Big Daddy V, and he was just like. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, I mean, fair play to that man. He's a chameleon. <laughs> Hilarious. But, um, yeah, I always found it fascinating with Corbin because um, he came in, he was this sort of biker, lone wolf kind of guy. And then, yeah, like you say, WWE were like, well, you need to cut your hair because you're losing it. And I don't know, at some point in the writer's room, they went, do, do, can, can bikers be bald? I, I don't know. So they just sort of dropped his angle completely because he's not got any hair. Um, Maybe ah, it makes sense now. Maybe they were just like, "Oh God, he's so bald. We need to cover the bald. Let's give him a crown. Give him a crown. Yeah. Put something on that shiny head." I've actually. They seem to have a fascination with this uh, WWE where, when you've got no hair, you you sort of, I, I don't know, you become more businesslike. So like Corbin started dressing more, you know, suit and shirt. Triple H has done the same thing. You never see him get to wear his jackets anymore. Um. He's Didn't always caught weird, weird Yeah, he was like the manager of Raw for some reason, uh, Corbin, what, for a while. What, no idea. How does that happen? That doesn't even. Like, well, you I, know, because when when Kane went, yeah, I'm gonna go and be mayor of Knox County for some reason. Um, they needed someone who was tall and bald to fill that gap, and naturally, you know, he ticked both of those boxes. <laughs> and I genuinely that think sense. that's where where they came, they came from with that. Which I'm made off because they they've totally dropped corporate Kane. Even when he makes his um his you know one off appearances here and there, he's 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 the proper Kane, not not the Kane that we remember, but at least yeah. he's he's actual you know big red machine this time rather than corporate Kane was just an absolute mess. I don't know where they were going with that. I kind of want to block corporate Kane out of my mind. I want to forget he ever existed. <laughs> oh, we all do. So bad. Well, I also want to block that that match. Um, out of my mind because it was so bad. It was literally four force count anywhere. Um or whatever the stipulation was. They you know, they could have done so many things with that. And they just I think that's walked the thing. through like, the audience. <laughs> it was it it sort of broke it up a bit because we'd had two normal matches. Then we were gonna go into well we actually go into the women's rumble after this, but then we were gonna go into title defence, title defence, title defence after the women's mm-hmm. rumble. And they were all sort of bar the um, the fiend, which we'll go on to. They were they were bog standard matches, so it it added a bit of variety. But like you say, there's so much more they could have done with it because you know falls were meant to count anyway. I mean, I don't know if we just harp back onto the attitude era when they were like going into boiler rooms and 
run each other, you know, run each other over with cars and stuff. I don't know, but uh, you know, like you say, go into the audience and then you know do a couple of big spots and then pin them out there. Oh, that'll do. That's a that's a false count anyway. It was just so bad though. Like they, they didn't even use the environment. It, they went into the audience, and then like you know they. There was a couple of TV boxes there or something which they hit, and then randomly there was a porta potty because I guess that's how you go to the bathroom in a giant, you know, stadium arena. You oh yeah, that. yeah, that was definitely that was definitely a functional porta potty. It wasn't there for the gimmick at all. Yeah, yeah of that, course, that was definitely there because it was needed. Yeah. <laughs> and then they put they pushed that over, um, and we didn't even see what happened there, so he probably wasn't even in it. And then, like, they carried on for a little bit. Obviously, the cronies got involved. Usos did some Uso shit for some reason, and the other two did some boring crap as well. And then they managed to go really far into the audience. And then it was the worst finish ever. It was the lamest Superman punch I've ever seen. He spent more time jumping off than he did throwing his fist. And then I'll be honest, that, his Superman sphere. punches haven't. You know what? It's it's what's probably not helping him is we got to see um, Edge return, who, who can do a decent spear. I mean, um, I'm not being funny. I would rather see a Kelly Kelly spear than I would fucking a spear <laughs> like that from Roman. It was awful. And because there was like nowhere for him to land, like Corbin just kind of slow slowly just lay down. It was oh it was so bad. And like yeah. that was the finish. It was it was terrible. Yeah. Wasn't a fan. And do you know what? I mean, for me I think what's probably not helped is in the build up. They've been they've been putting each other through tables, they've been doing spots on the ramp and stuff like that. So it doesn't feel like they they've kind of already done it. Do you know what I mean? The the, the stipulation's kind of useless at this point, unless they were going to go more with it, because we've already seen them battle outside of the ring. So you know, it, it, either don't do that, and then it feels more impactful when you do a false count anywhere, and they run out into the audience and put each other through the announcer table and stuff, or you know, like you say, go further with it, go properly. They could have been anywhere in the arena. By all accounts, they were at um, the stadium they were in. The ads. Everything was there. They could have gone onto the baseball field. Exactly. They like, could have done, like they, why not? They could have had some fun with it. I think. But you know, again, I, think the it, real... I suppose it, it boils down to brass tacks, I guess, and it costs them money to to do bigger things, and, and maybe it shows you the faith that they have in in Roman and Corbin's matches at the minute that they're not. You know, it's a mid card match, and they're not going to put that kind of money towards those kind of spots. I don't know. Which I think's fine, but I think they could have done something. I feel like to the point you said before, like they spend so much time building it up on TV, like with all these cool stuff, that there's nothing left to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they just kind of run out of ideas. Well, we can't like do something on the stage because we've done that. Well, we can't do this, that, and the other. Let's just walk around the audience. You know, it's like I think. I mean, obviously, this is going way back now. But when um, Moxley was still there, was, um, Ambrose, and he was fighting Lesnar. Um, in some weird thing and he pulled out a chainsaw and everything to hype it up and then it's like the lamest hardcore match ever it was like I think they hit each other with a chair like twice or something and it was like so bad I feel like this kind of was was along those lines the thing is with hardcore matches like WWE uh, they're not afraid of them per se you know there's a liability thing to it now there's a lot of issue over concussions and this sort of thing and Obviously, as as we've seen with Daniel Bryan not being cleared by the WWE and, and stuff in the past, that you know their medical team are, are very sort of cautious now, especially compared to what they were in the Attitude Era. But because we've seen how they used to be before it became a PG product, you know, it, it, to me they almost need to go. We're not going to do hardcore matches because the 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 castrated they're not the same. And we when we hear hardcore match, we're expecting something. 
to the point, I mean, if you look at uh, AEW, you know, uh, and it's not like uh, it's not like I'm sat here wanting like you know gore and violence, but AEW when they're going hardcore, they're like stabbing each other in the eye and stuff. And obviously, <laughs> you know, it's 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 done as carefully as you can. They're not actually stabbing each other in the eye, but you know, it comes across realistic and like shit. Anything can happen here, mm. and that's kind of and and they're doing it with Moxley. So that's kind of you know that's what they potentially could have done with a hardcore match, but the, the, they don't actually want to take those sort of risks. Yeah. And, I mean, they're a big entity now. They've got the money. They're going to get the money regardless. So I can understand from a business point of view why they're not going to take the risk on potentially injuring Brock or, or Dean as he was at the time. But even so, to me, then don't book it as a hardcore match. It's as simple as that. Well, that's it. I mean, like I know they're not proper PG ever anymore, but they're probably like PG-13, aren't they? You know, so... Yeah, just... they're, they're not... They don't want to dip totally back in. I think, um, I think the more AEW do, the more they're going to try and the sort of the more they're going to probably be encouraged to to go back that direction a bit. Because, I mean, AEW it feels like like wrestling in the nineties, hmm. you know, as far as as far as what they're willing to do. Um, oh, yeah. Not I... as not as cheesy, but you know, in terms of like, you know, the actual chair shots, the the actual hardcore matches. Some of the stuff that they're doing is is great to watch, and I mean, I, it, it I just know, feels like like wrestling back in the day. I know we're going to cover it like slightly later, um, if if it makes this episode or whether we move it to the next one. But the the strap match, like that, that still felt pretty brutal. <laughs> to be fair, exactly, and that was something where, you know, it's not posing a risk. They're not going to have a, a you know a, a risk of concussion or or issue like that. But it still feels pretty hardcore because you you know for a fact that they're having to actually take that bump and it fucking hurts. You know, you saw the state of Daniel Bryan's back afterwards. So you go, yeah, that was pretty hardcore. And that was quite convincing. But, um, yeah, to come out of a, a Roman Corbin match, which I don't think anyone was overly bothered about anyway, but, th- yeah, it it didn't really hit home. It wasn't, wasn't the best match. Again, it, I'd have probably been happier with it if it was the end of the bloody angle, if I'm honest with you. But, yeah. It yeah. was flat, very flat. It was. It was very flat. I think that's the right term. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, following that, we then move on to the to the women's rumble. Um, and I'm trying. I, I, I'm trying not to sound too negative about everything that we're talking about. Although most of it is moaning. Um, <laughs> the women's rumble. I was actually. I was very pleased with for the most. It's it's nice to see the women's revolution in general um, is still in full effect. It's nice to see that the the haven't had to rely on. And I mentioned this to you the other day, but you can see that they they've got, you know, they're really beefing out the women's roster now. So there was a lot less reliance on old stars coming back. And don't get me wrong, that's that's what you expect in a rumble. You expect some surprises. You expect some faces you haven't seen in a while. Um, it's nothing that we haven't done in the men's rumble. And and obviously when we go on to the men's rumble, there's a couple of honourable mentions there. So you know, seeing Kelly Kelly come back or Beth Phoenix or or Mighty Molly even. You know, all good things, but the year before, it was almost like they were they were relying on that because there wasn't enough to fill a rumble. You know what I mean? Hmm. I think I I completely I completely agree with you. I think you shouldn't just rely on bringing old stars back, but you should sprinkle in a, you know a little mix of it to kind of yeah. spice it up, which I think they did well. I think the only problem yeah. I had with it was um, in terms of building the stars and and stuff is. 
I, I had a look at the, the roster before um, who, who, who was in the actual Rumble match. There was seven from SmackDown, eight from Raw, and 12 from NXT. And because I'm not mm. like a, you know, a, I don't watch NXT like religiously. Uh, I certainly don't watch it probably as much as um, I catch the other the others. There was literally times in there where I think you and me looked at each other and were like, who the fuck is that girl? <laughs> like, yeah, we, I think... And don't get me wrong, NXT is fantastic, and it's it's building up an audience, and it's it's on TV now, um, so it's gonna get it's gonna get more recognised. But I think one of the mistakes I would say they've made with the women's rumble is they were they were bringing people out, and th- the way the commentators were talking and the way it was treated was like we should know exactly who this is. Yeah, and um, you know, fair enough if you're a WWE fan and you watch everything they put out, real, you know, you will know who they are. But as an example. You know, I did not know who Bianca Belair was. Um, mm. I hadn't seen her in NXT. I hadn't heard about her. They hadn't built it up from what I can see on on Raw or SmackDown or with any vignettes or anything like that. So when she came out and she was such a big deal and she was a big deal, she lasted in there for a while and eliminated quite a few. Um, so I'm like, okay, she, you know, she's meant to be a big deal, but I don't know. And maybe it was the commentators not doing the job enough for me. But I'm mm. like trying to find. I'm trying to learn about her in that match. I think and it's I difficult think, to get an idea of, of her technical skill as well because it's the aim of the game is to throw them over the top rope. Yeah, exactly. I think you kinda of hit the nail on the head though when it comes to her. I mean I I was aware who she was. Um it's obviously Will Smith's daughter, Willow Smith, whipping her hair back and forth every two seconds. Of, of course, um, yeah. That makes sense. Um, you know the but, Bianca but they, Bella. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But they did proper push her um they they pushed her like really hard in that match and made her stand out. I think she was like joint um top for like eliminations. I think she like elim- eliminated like nearly ten people um or something, which is like huge. But yeah, I think I mean, did I, in fact did I write it down? Um, uh, eight eliminations she got, you know. Jesus. So I mean, I'm not sure whether any, maybe maybe Shayna did Shayna Baszler get um eight as well. Um. Yeah, she got a similar number. I've I've neglected to write uh, Shayna's down, but um, she got a similar number. It wasn't far off. Yeah. Um, what's fascinating, or what for me anyway, it's fascinating with Bianca is, um, you know, she was eliminated quite late on and eliminated by Charlotte, who obviously went on to win. So um, to me, it shows you how much faith WWE have got in her as a future star. Really, exactly. They, get, they think... give her a big part in this rumble. I think I think that that's the reverse of what you were saying before. Like you didn't know who she was, and you think that they did a really good job of like building her up um, and kind of showcasing her, which I think was is is actually was, is great. Um, but then I wrote I wrote a name down before because um, this is how much I didn't know who it was. I remember when she came out and um, Shotzi Blackheart or something. I remember you and me literally looked at each other and was like seriously who is that she looked like someone who just <laughs> made it in a smackdown versus raw game it was a creator wrestler superstar just ran out she had bright green hair like weird attire and it was like that for me at that point was like okay i don't think there's a big enough of a well-known roster to do a 30 woman rumble i agree i think um they basically they've they've switched the reliance on to nxt so rather than calling up like lita and trish stratus and all that and going mm-hmm. fancy a match they're now pulling everyone from NXT, which is nice because it shows you that NXT are becoming a brand in their own right. So it's not just, I mean, 
I don't know where they're going with Bianca. Um, now it might be that they they do what they what they historically have done and go right. You're going to the main roster now, or whether they're actually classing NXT as more of a main roster kind of thing, because you know it, it's evidence in a game without trying to deviate too far from the Rumble, which is the main the main sort of point of the episode. We now know that Charlotte is looking to to challenge for the NXT title, or likely to. I don't know if she's confirmed that yet, but um, so you know between her and and Finn Balor heading back towards and focusing towards NXT, are they trying to put a bit more legitimacy to them being a, a brand in their own right? And maybe, you know, there's less reliance on going, right, well, you're a good star. You're going to move over to the main roster. Hmm. Uh, it'd be interesting to see because if, if they do what they, what they historically have done and go, right, yeah, Bianca, we've got a lot of faith in you. So you're going to come in and whip your hair on, on SmackDown or Raw. Um, and then they just do exactly what they've done and again, I don't want to moan too much about about the writing teams, or or whoever's making the calls on 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 the big shows, but um, you know, look at the the sort of deflation that the likes of Bailey had or Asuka had when they made their debut onto the main roster. They come onto the main roster and then went nowhere. Mm. I mean, Asuka's is an absolute tragedy. She come on, she won the women's rumble, and then got squashed by Charlotte for no reason, which it didn't benefit Charlotte. And it really didn't benefit Asuka. So it just totally ruined their momentum. And at that point, she was undefeated. So it's almost like a curse. Leave NXT and, and you, they just derail you. It does make me worry for Shayna because I think rumour has it that she's getting brought up um, very soon, almost like imminently, pre-WrestleMania. So right. um, it could be interesting to see how it goes for her because she's been killing it in NXT as like being seen as, you know, the, the bad woman kind of thing. So... Um, Interesting to see whether she gets the Asuka treatment or, you know, they try and learn from previous mistakes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully they, they, they do learn from these things. And um, and again, NXT is a different animal now to what it was last year. Um, it's been it's been building for a while. You know, it's been it's it, it's gone. It, I don't even think you can call it a development territory anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean. Again, they're still relying a bit on on bringing names into the rumble, but it's nice to see that it's not just you know uh, people from our past. Yeah. What was um... and uh, you know I, you've got to give shout outs to to people like Beth Phoenix, especially. I mean, she come in. She obviously she's not wrestling every every week now. Um, she was in. Uh, she came in the last years, didn't she? But um, you know, she took quite a bad knock uh, quite early up. on in in her entrance. <laughs> She was, you know, there was a lot of blood there. She, you know, I believe she had some stitches after the fact, but she, she carried on. She, you know, she powered through that. And um, I mean, she can still go in the ring considering she's not like, you know, as I say, she's not there week by week. You know, you'd mm. expect a fair bit of rust. But and again, I know it's difficult to judge in a rumble because it's not, you know, it's not the real aim of the game, is it? It's, it's the over the top rope kind of deal. But even so, I, I think she did really well there. I think she does need a shout out for that because... You know, I mean, <laughs> when you look at was it last year or the year before when Roman won, and um, he took a fake knock and had to go in the back for most of the rumble. <laughs> yeah. So, Put it you know, it just, and I know that was scripted, but even so, it it really doesn't help, does it? When Beth Phoenix, you know, legitimately cuts her head open and carries on. And I think for um, me, for me, that is what makes like a rumble is is. It... Though, like the, those little standout moments, the things that you remember. So, like for Beth Phoenix, not only did she bash her head open, 
But she had that nice little moment with um, Natalia where she like turned on her and threw her over. Do you know what I mean? It was like they were yeah, allies, and, um, allies all I the didn't... way through it. Sadly, um, I uh, I missed it last year. I didn't pick up on it last year, but um, that was a throwback to the year before when Natalia turned on her, which oh, I didn't shit. realize. Ah, right, I so, didn't realize that. Yeah, it was almost like a tit for tat because Natalia eliminated her last year, which um, I didn't pick up on until after the fact. I think it was actually Natalia's Instagram that put because she mentioned mm-hmm. like you know the still mates and all that you know, but um, yeah, apparently that that sort of. The, the payback for the year before, which is, you know, it's a good, a good nice little nod, really. I actually thought it was quite refreshing as well this year um, that Nikki Cross didn't turn on um, Alexa Bliss or vice versa, because I feel like that was getting teed up quite heavily as it was going to happen. Um, it was actually yeah. quite refreshing to see that that just didn't happen for once. It is nice because at certain times, you when you expect something a bit too much, uh, it kind of ruins it when it does happen exactly as you expect it to. Um, so almost like a subverting your expectation and going, no, no, they're not. They're still friends. They're not going to turn. It, it's a good thing. And um, and to be honest, it's it's better for Nikki Cross. She's not ready yet. And um, to me, she still needs Alexa Bliss for a little while to to build her up. Because um, she would she would shockingly flounder by herself right now. I don't think she's built up enough yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you might you might disagree on that. I don't know, but. No, I think I think it's it's a very valid, very valid point. I think they work well together because they kind of bounce off each other. Um, I don't yeah. think Nikki's probably ready from a kind of a talking perspective. I, I would say um, at the minute. That's so. the thing, and who better to work with? Because I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and I, I don't just say this, um, but Alexa, to me, is the best woman's wrestler at the minute in terms of an all-rounder perspective. Because she can play the heel fantastically, she can play the face fantastically. She's great on the mic. She's got really good in ring skills. As far as an all round wrestler goes, to me, she's tops in the women's division. Um, which again, I know a lot of people throw out like Sasha Banks and and, and Charlotte, obviously the, the the queen of the friggin' roster. But um, to me, Alexa's like, she, I mean, she's been at the top. She's had the titles and all that. But she she is one of the best wrestlers there. I, I completely completely agree. I also want to point out that if we ever do get a sound uh, a soundboard for this podcast, we do need to have one that is like a warning um, for anyone with an Amazon device, because <laughs> I feel like we are going to be talking about it quite a bit, and we will be setting off many. Um, do you know Amazon what? Like, devices <laughs> that I did, that did not occur to me at all, um, and mine might have actually been listening to me. Uh, luckily, I think I'm far enough away from it. It's but, always yeah, listening. That, that, is a always listening. that is a fair point. Well, yeah, of course, Amazon <laughs> needs to know what to try and sell me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. Uh, while while you mention it, actually, um, for anyone who who actually has decided to to have a listen to to thirty something men talk about wrestling, um, obviously, this is our first podcast, so hopefully, we will get better over time. We will improve. We'll we'll um, We'll include things we might you might build up to soundboards and mixes and all that sort of thing. Um, at the minute, we're just doing this sort of. Uh, we we talked about it for a while, to be fair, don't we, Carl? But um, it you know we we always have these conversations while watching the match, and and you know, it's it's nice to sort of have this outlet really, and hopefully we we carry on doing many more. But yeah, you know, watch this space. Hopefully, we'll we'll get better at at, at the craft over time, and and improve the kit, and and the quality will improve. 
we will not shorty G this podcast. That's what we're going to say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like it. Um, um, was there yeah, any other kind well, of standout I mean, moments um, for you in the Rumble? Well, to be honest, I mean, and I'll let you mention any standout moments for your for your good self, um, because the only other thing I I need to to complain about, <laughs> should I say, <laughs> is um, the finish. Uh, mm. So unless you've got a couple of shouts you want to make before we talk about that, um, um, for me, you know that that that's pretty. That it was a good rumble all round. Um, there wasn't a lot of sort of standout people. Uh, there's a couple of things I do need to complain about towards the end, but um, <laughs> certainly in terms of people who stood out, there are, there are two who I'm going to mention, and I think you know exactly who they are. One of them is the one who won, and one of them is the one who shouldn't have fucking been there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, exactly before we go on to that, yeah, before we go on to that, is there any that uh, that you want to give a mention to or or a nod towards? Um, I think I think for me, like, as I, I said it before, like the reason I, the reason I love the Rumble so much is because, like, you literally have like a minute or so, like to to make the audience remember something that you did, um, and like the the things that kind of jumped out for me from from the Rumble. Um, so obviously there was the there was good and bad with this, but there was obviously the um, the elimination for what's a face, Mandy, uh, Mandy Rose, um, with with Otis, um, which I thought. Oh, of course, how could I forget that? I, I thought that was quite clever, but I thought she did such a bad job. She kind of just she went over the rope and then sat there for a good six seconds, and then was like, "Okay, now I will fall onto you." So. You know, it could have been executed better, I would say, but I thought that that was just quite like quite a nice, funny, funny little moment. Um, see, see him there, and some weird little he did some little weird tongue gesture as well, which I thought was, which I remember laughing at at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the whole angle with them, and I can't find a better way of, of phrasing it. But the whole angle with them is kind of a, a cute little angle, really, isn't it? Of like, you know, the, there's obviously some sort of relationship thing angle they're building. But um, it, it's you know it added that, that little bit of humour to the to the rumble. Um, and he obviously he tried to save her again later on um, with uh, what's her partner's name? It's it's escaped me now. Um, Sonia. Sonia. Uh, obviously, Sonia went out as well, and he just couldn't hold them both. Uh, but it was again, it was it was a good uh, made it a little bit different the way they were eliminated. You know. Yeah. I thought I, yeah, I thought, another, thought that was really funny. Sorry. Oh yeah, it was. And another one to mention um, while I think on is uh, Naomi coming back. Yes. Um, I initially was well impressed when uh, when she made that sort of. So I don't know what the the correct uh, terminology for it is, but that sort of um, frog like maneuver onto the barricade. Hmm. Um, and then obviously, she just spent way too long for me. Uh, on the on the announcers tables debating how to get back in the ring and I'm like you, you kind of when 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 she's done this in the past and when Kofi's done this in the past it's been like a an instinctive thing almost where they figured it out and got back in the ring but she was like gone for like nearly it felt like 10 minutes or so it might not have actually been 10 minutes but it felt like a long time yeah it, it did drag on and it didn't make sense either like she got eliminated at one corner and then kind of went across the other like to the other corner, it was like you can further and further away from the ring here. What are you doing? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, the way she got back in in the end was, you know, it was it was pretty good. But yeah, God, it, it's, oh, I enjoyed it. I think awesome. if if she'd have sped it up and she'd have she'd have got onto that announce table, took the um, 
whatever you call that piece off and then use that to, to vault over like she did, but hadn't have had that gap of time in between where she just seemed to stand there and think about it. Um, it, it I wouldn't have had any complaints about it at all, but for me, she just spent a bit too long pondering it all. Yeah. But it's good to see her back. You know, it was clever what she did. It, it, it you know, she is a good wrestler, so uh, I can't moan too much. But yeah, I did just want to mention that briefly. Yeah, I thought it was a really like a good little return for her. That um, she put in a good show, mm. especially since uh, Kofi didn't get to have a moment this year either. Which, you know, I guess I guess she kind of made up for that. Um, yeah. Um, now before we move on to to the fin, I was hoping to get the women's rumble done in this episode, but we're actually down to our last couple of minutes here. Um, okay. So I'm thinking before we we talk about the the sort of the two main gripes I had with the rumble, um, we'll sort of close off this episode, um, and we'll jump into the next one where we can talk about the the the, the finish to the women's rumble, and then um, obviously the 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 three title defences and the men's rumble and, and sort of go into potentially any theories we've got following that. I know some of it might have been clarified by this point, but again it's it's all stuff we can we can go through. So that being said, this is pretty much the end of our first episode, Carl. It's been emotional, man. It's been emotional. Yes, it's, it's been a roller coaster ride. So <laughs> I'll um we'll we'll close off on that one. Thanks for anyone who do, does bother listening. And um, we'll see you on the next one. See you guys.